Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Logan Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. We're back on board once again to talk Minnesota Wild hockey. Well, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun little two-game stretch, I suppose. A lot of uh, sloppy play, though, I have to say. Uh, some malice in the uh, Nashville game. You could continue the malice. Of course, I didn't even mention the Niederreiter when he upended uh, a Dallas player, and they gave him a five-minute five penalty, and Bruce Boudreaux was beside himself as... Uh, of course, Nyquist got only a four-minute double uh, back in the uh, Detroit game about a week before. So, yeah, just uh, thought I'd mention that. Just kind of catching up on that deal. But, because uh, I, I, yeah, I couldn't believe I didn't mention that. I obviously had it written down, and I just kind of was too into the moment, I suppose. So my apologies for that. want to catch up with you on that. The Wild defeat the uh, National Predators 5-2, to two, and then kind of the... Looks like the worm has turned a tiny bit with the Chicago Blackhawks 5-3 to in Excel Energy Center Tuesday night. Yes, I was going to say Tuesday, February the 21st. That's why you might have heard a slight <laughs> hesitation as I was talking. Yeah, uh, seventh straight road win for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, franchise record since 1964, so pretty crazy there. The Blackhawks are starting to really pick it up. 20 goals in their last... Last five games at that point, and they've won seven of eight. Yeah, here they come. The Blackhawks are catching up. I mean, the Wild's still a nice, strong lead and all that, so can't get too upset. Yet at the same time, we could have buried them for good, pretty much. Um, it's, it's good, though. Five points ahead, still the Chicago Blackhawks. So we can't get too pissed off, too frustrated, but a little bit of a scary, uh, scary situation for me because you're seeing some of the same stuff you saw in the past. I don't know, the same guys kind of catching up. You didn't see Patrick Kane score, but boy, you saw Jonathan Taves. Oh, did, did you ever. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about Jason Zucker and the Minnesota Wild over the Nashville Predators 5-2, to Saturday, February the 18th. A fun little Saturday night game, without a doubt. Jason Zucker, three points in the contest. Miko Koivu, a 600th career point, which ended up being the game winner 3-2 to very early making it a 3-2 to two game that is very early in the third period. 600th career point. Got to get that part out of the way because it's a very important statistic as I get into the game review. Sometimes I kind of blank out on some of the some of the uh, milestones and such that need to get mentioned, and they absolutely deserve it. Devin Dubnik, fantastic. Pekka Rene. I don't know if I called him Patrick Rene. <laughs> That's another thing I might have happened on the last show. Maybe accidentally once. I hope I didn't say it twice. But it's, of course, Pekka Rene. We all know who he is. Established goalie for Nashville. The Wild have done a very good job against him. Of course, the fifth goal was, well, kind of like Jonathan Taves' empty netter for the uh, Blackhawks. It was a nice shot by <laughs> Eric Stahl finally ending 
his drought. Good for him. Very nice to see Stahl finally end that drought. He was stalling, so to speak. 12-game drought ended for Eric Stahl. Awesome on the empty netter. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's kind of all related, all together. Uh, nice to have Jonas Brodeen back in the mix again. Awesome to see him out there. Skating was a plus one on the night. Mikhail Granlin just continuing to pile up the points. Multi-point games in both contests. The second line just dominant for the Minnesota Wild. We always call it the second line. It might as well be the first line, but it is the second line. You know what I mean? Granlin, Koivu, and Jason Zucker, who's just been unbelievable. Um, Zucker has just been unbelievable, and it was such a fun little game. Very, very chippy game uh, throughout the game, throughout the whole contest. Uh, Devin Dubnik had his mask knocked off twice in the game. He was knocked in the head pretty hard, just as Subban's goal <laughs> happened, basically. So the goal was allowed. Yeah, all the frustration. Again, whatever. Uh, nice to see the thing start off very nicely. Randlin getting a <laughs> getting a Zach Parisi type of goal, getting really down and dirty on the power play. Niederreiter and Koivu, very nice group together on the power play. Always seem to work together. I mean, always seem to manage to put the puck in the net when when they're on the power play. At the same time, very awesome. Granlin tipping a Niederreiter shot after the rebound from Pekka Rinne. Nice juicy rebound, but not so juicy. A lot of again, a lot of aggression, very close to the net. And then Jason Zucker with a nice play also early in the, or late in the second period after a lot of good goaltending between Rene and Devin Dubnik. Some spectacular saves by Dubnik on a couple of breakaways, some mistakes by the Wild. Again, some sloppy play in the neutral zone and such. Some turnovers and here come, here come the Nashville Predators. But luckily, again, Dubnik was really, really <laughs> on the ball in this particular game in a huge way. Uh, stopped Several shots in this one of 37 total out of 39. Just a outstanding performance. 95% save percentage for the night. And Pekka Rinne ultimately stopped 28 of 32. Of course, again, the fifth goal unearned. We know we know what that means, all that. Um, Zucker, again, a wonderful play, getting his 17th goal of the season. Cranlin, again, adding another assist. Just being in there on the play. And Zucker finishing as he would finish twice in this game through... Pekka Rinne literally threw them. Uh, actually, this one, the first one was a spectacular shot over the shoulder, just putting it right in the, just in the exact spot again, kind of like a Jared Spurgeon's goal against Dallas not too long ago, over the over the shoulder and just in the right spot, the upper left corner in this case. Awesome play by Zucker, 17th goal of the season. And then Koivu again, the one-timer set up by Suter in this case. Well, then again, not really. It was more of a carom, I should say. Uh, Zucker had the puck, gave it to Suter. The puck kind of caromed around, and Koivu basically used the carom as if it was a nice pass. You know, just kind of like how it's been from Zucker and Granlund all season. Those nice little passes slid slid to Koivu from behind the net or so, and he would one-time it in there, and there it was, 17th goal of the year. Another guy with 17, as that seems to be the theme in this night. Look at this. 17th goal by Granlin. 17th goal by Zucker. 17th goal by Koivu. 17th goal by Eric Stahl. And this is at the 7 minute mark. Okay, not the 17 minute mark. Nah, shoot. I wish it was. But, oh well. <laughs> 17th goal um, for four guys. That's kind of weird, but that's yes, that's the theme of the game. Might as well just call it the 17er because that's exactly what it was there. Yeah. Uh, Colin Wilson would able to get would would end the drought would end the shutout by Devin Dubnik the shutout bid with a good number of minutes to go about eleven and a half minutes to go Colin Wilson 
would finally go in past Zucker and then P.K. Subban almost, almost immediately afterward with a rifle shot and Neil bumped into, James Neal of course, bumped into Devin Dubnik in the head. You thought for sure it's goalie interference, everything's going to be okay. Well, not okay because you, you hope Dubnik's all right, but at the same time, I mean, you figure, okay, it's not going to be a goal, but then apparently Neil hit Zucker, or excuse me, hit uh, Dubnik immediately after the puck went in the net. So it's like, okay, I guess it is a good goal. and Extremely frustrating, but no penalty was doled out, and that was the frustration by Boudreaux. Boudreaux was fine with the goal, believe it or not, but not fine with no penalty initiated by the officials on that play. Extremely frustrating. P.K. Subban, I don't know, just getting really chippy, kind of getting chattery as well, just making a big scene. Not a fan of him, and I don't think a lot of people are. He's a bit much. And this whole game was a bit much. I mean, just everybody getting too close to the net, it seemed like kind of really getting personal with Devin Dumnik and Wild players in general. This is an extremely chippy game throughout the entire night. Zucker, though, immediately, (laughs) a few minutes later, I should say, Kind of took it to P.K. Supan, who was gonna, who basically tried to rifle the shot on net. Zucker just blocked it, took over the possession, and exploded down the ice and <laughs> beat Rene through the legs. Spectacular play, right through the middle of the pads there. Unassisted goal for Zucker, 18, and that was kind of the statement right there with about three and a half minutes remaining, that the Wild are not going to let these a-holes push us around. We're going to beat these guys regardless how chippy they're going to try to get. We're going to make them look silly and that's exactly what happened. Of course, Stahl adding the empty netter as Peter Laviolette. Peter Laviolette would pull Rene fairly early. With with about two and a half minutes remaining, Stahl took advantage and launched that shot about from 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 pretty much the wild zone, you could still say. 17th goal of the year. Pominville adding an assist on that. So nice little freebie there for Pominville and Suter adding a couple points. Jason Pominville at 38 points on the season. He's on pace for over 50 points this year, which is amazing. <laughs> Granlin on pace for 76 points. How cool is that? 26 goals. I mean, did you ever think Mikhail Granlin would lead the team in goals? He's tied with Nito Niederreiter with 19 on the season. Amazing. And, of course, that's after the Blackhawks game where Granlin would get yet another multi-point game. 55 points on the season. Again, a sloppy game. Part of it was due to the chippy play of the National Predators. And they just, you know, things would go the way they did in a game like that. An unfortunate uh, performance, though against the Chicago Blackhawks. Not a not a bad game, but certainly not a good game and not what you wanted to see. National television and the Wild have been doing so well against Chicago and, of course, the regular season for show and the Blackhawks postseason for dough, and hopefully that will turn. But it looks like the worm is turning in the regular season right now as the Blackhawks, again, netting the overtime victory not that long ago. Not that long ago at all. And the Wild, you know, hanging in there, almost got it. But again, it was an overtime victory for the Blackhawks. And who finished that one? Jonathan Taves. And who had five points in this game? Jonathan Taves. Yeah, Jonathan Taves. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful, huh? Yeah, five, only five points. Five to three victory. Regular uh, Regulation, of course, for the Blackhawks. Woo-hoo. Um... Yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the frustrating part about this one was how every time it looked like the Wild had something going, the Blackhawks would answer like immediately, and it would just just take the wind right out of the sails in that game. I mean, they just really. I mean, really, any any ounce of momentum the Wild had, it was just immediately afterward. 
Lots of nice chances. Very entertaining first period of hockey. Dubnik and Crawford just unbelievable in that first period. Unbelievable. Uh, Crawford stopped multiple opportunities for Jason Zucker. Looked like he had a goal for sure. Granlund, of course, Parisi. But uh, Zucker won for sure. I thought it was a goal. And freaking Crawford again. And the whole talk about Crawford is, you know, back in the day, people saw him, okay, he was kind of a mediocre goalie, but you know, he's actually kind of good, this and that. But you know what? You know, I know people were questioning him early on years ago. You know, with Crawford, it was like a bad game here and there, though. Like, when you look at his overall statistics, year in and year out, he's always been in the low twos. So, that's pretty damn good. Uh, I wish I wish the Blackhawks had a goaltending problem. I, I really did. I mean, I really do, because I think the Wild would beat this club, even though they have all those offensive weapons. It's just the fact that the Wild are so deep at this point, and we have a fantastic goalie. Yeah, things would be a little different, um, but it's not. And I wish the Wild could solve Crawford. Um, Now, don't get me wrong, three regulation goals in both games isn't that bad. Uh, It's better than two, you know, and Crawford gives up about two goals a game, a little over two goals a game, and the Wild have amassed three goals in both of the losses. The Wild have been assessed the past couple weeks here. <sighs> yeah, right out of the gate, though, in that second period, Jonathan Taves just kind of, you know, the puck's kind of bouncing around, and Jonathan Taves left open for that split-second Dumba put in this game off of the injury, and Bruce Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux admitted it was a mistake immediately after the game. Um, Dumba should not have been in there, and he was terrible. He was not ready. He was awful. Uh, Gustav Olsen also struggled in this game. Not, you know, there were cases on the Nick Schmaltz, Nick Schmaltz goal, just not facing the right direction. Extremely frustrating. Now, of course, this is that second period where things really went downhill for the Wild. Luckily, Mikhail Granlin would add that power play again with the same guys. Granlin, Niederreiter, Koivu. I mean, just, that's the perfect power play. It, it really is. It's, it's triple P, perfect power play. Granlin, Niederreiter, and Koivu. I mean, those guys are as good as it gets, and that's why the Wild power play is ranked as high as it is at this stage. Uh, I had it written. I had it written down because it's always ever changing. Second power play in the entire NHL. That is amazing. <laughs> Penalty kill tenth. Of course, goals for our fourth. Wilder fourth. Fourth best offense in the league and goals against number two in the whole league. Crazy. Um, yeah, I'm bouncing all over the place, but why not? It's a worthwhile conversation, right? Grandland um, again, close to the net again, just like the uh, the Nashville game. He's been netting those close goals, and of course he would get two goals in this game overall, and he would wind up with two points, both both goals, of course. Awesome, both in the power play, and need a rider in Koivu. Need a rider in Koivu in the third period again. Awesome. <laughs> Remember when Mike Yo would usually just have like maybe Koivu, Parisi, Pominville type of people out there? Maybe, you know, they would generally be those kind of guys on the power play, and it seemed like he would never change it. Just look what happens when you change things around a little bit and you add guys like Niederreiter and, and Granlin on the power play. Just just look what's happened to their careers. Just whoop. The only problem is Chuck Fletcher, I'd be like, hey, don't go, don't, don't, don't let him blow up too much because we're not going to be able to keep them now. <laughs> we don't want to be like the Blackhawks with like over 10 guys under a million dollars, you know, because all the money's going to the Canes and Taves of the world and Crawford, guys like that. Uh, uh, Nick Schmaltz, you son of a biscuit. That guy is getting good, isn't he? And he's just a rookie. And, of course, North Dakota. Oh, goody. National champion, North Dakota. Ugh, I hate that team. Damn it. I hate that team. I hate Richard Panic too. Because after Granlin would net that close one again, a really nice play. Awesome. Uh, the second one was really funny because he kind of got it off the back of... Uh, 
Well, not funny. It was a very skilled play by Granlund off the back of Crawford's pad. So it's like if you have to go somehow, some way. Um, of course, the only way to beat Crawford is usually to go high. Parisi went a little too high in that third period. And unfortunately, that one didn't count. But he would get one in the third period ultimately for his 14th goal of the season. Thank you very much there. But after Granlin's goal, it was just immediately Richard panic. I don't know. And I, I was panicking because it's like, why is our defense continuing to sleep on the plays here? Jonathan Tate is just an easy, you know, it was like Zucker and Granlin with a nifty little pass for a one-timer to Koivu. Exactly the same play, basically, Taves to panic. Um, damn it. So frustrating. It looks so easy. And Taves, again, getting a point on all five of the goals. And this was a nice little nifty pass. It looks, he, he makes it look easy, does Taves on this one, but so did the, so did the Wilds uh, second liners passing that puck for a Koivu's one-timer. And that's exactly what Richard panic made us panic again 16th goal of the season there schmaltz's alt yes shells brewery schmaltz's alt yes they're not as no they're not a sponsor but it's just when i see schmaltz i think of schmaltz's alt <laughs> it's a decent beer a little darker winter season one um not too bad not too bad at all uh but schmaltz's alt uh yeah damn it that was from jonathan taves uh another one very similar play and again just dumba and Olofsson out there, and they look confused, and I, I wouldn't put those guys together. Not a good combination. Um, that didn't work out at all. You, you, let's look for something a little different here. Oh, so frustrating. Uh, Parisi getting the wild back in it, again, getting very close to the net. Uh, not as close in this case, though, more of a redirect off of a Scandella shot. So Scandella finally adding a rare point. Thank you very much, because he doesn't get any hardly. But sometimes just get that puck on net. Hopefully somebody can redirect it. And Parisi was able to do that. 14th goal of the season. And the number 14 kind of sort of one of the uh, themes of this game. This is crazy to think Taves only 15 goals after a hat trick. But yeah. But uh, there was Parisi's goal less than two minutes later. What do you think happens? Just what do you think happens? Schmaltz's all beautiful pass over to Jonathan Taves. Same play. Same play exactly pretty much. This time Schmaltz. Uh, this time uh, Taves, the beneficiary of a Schmaltz pass, where it was the other way around about eight minutes earlier, eight minutes prior. Uh, again, the defense falling asleep out there. Very frustrating game. Granlund, luckily, with still a good seven minutes left, would put the Wild within one. Awesome. Granlund, yet another power play. This one, again, like I mentioned, off the back of... Corey Crawford's pads, but Crawford, again, just too good down the stretch. The Wild, multiple chances, but just nothing going, nothing going. And the Wild finally pulled Devin Dubnik because they have to. A couple of great attempts, but Crawford knocking them all away. No matter if they're high, they're low, they're to the side, they're this, they're that. Crawford was knocking them away. And yes, three goals given up, but still, you'll take three goals if it means there's no fourth goal and you still win the hockey game. Jonathan Taves, after a pretty decent chance from the Wild, just basically, finally, just is able to get onto the puck and just releases it. Just releases it from pretty much all the way in front of the wild net into the Chicago net, and it was a perfect shot. Like, what the hell? I, I, I thought there's no way that's going in. We'll get another face-off. Maybe we'll get another chance and put that sucker in, do, like, do it like we did with the Gophers. That would have been awesome, but it just wasn't the case in that one. Uh uh, those face-offs, just uh, the face-off win by Chicago early on, too. Um, extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating as the Blackhawks scored a goal on the face-off. Ultimately, the 3-1 to one goal. Oh, man. Just, <laughs> just again, just guys falling asleep on the play, and there's pretty much nothing you could do about it. Um, I don't know. And, of course, uh, 
Jonathan Taves, uh, when he put the Blackhawks up 4-2, to two, again, just able to get the puck away. Strip the puck away, and then set up Schmaltz. I mean, yeah, see, it's not only the fact that Schmaltz is able to score, but then the steal and the finish uh, as well. Um, just so frustrating. And again, nothing you can do about it. Just nothing you can do about it. And you just sit here in defeat, 5-3 to three loss, and you just get this feeling when the, the Blackhawks so easily would respond every time the Wild would score, and it just kind of reeked of the playoffs game. So that's where the frustration comes in on the on Wild fan line after the game. You know, the old Pat Micheletti and such. Pat Micheletti getting kind of like, uh, like telling people to slow down, relax a little bit. And I understand, but still. I mean, it looked just like the Wild playoff games against Chicago, where every time you thought you had something going, they would always answer. Or the Blackhawks would go up 3 nothing like they did in that first game. The Wild made the nice little response after that. And then the Blackhawks quickly responded again. And there's nothing you can do. And the frustration just starts to mount. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, just a rookie. Just a frickin' 20-year-old rookie with three points in the game. Plus five. Ridiculous. Um, Dumba and Olofsson, major frustration throughout the entire night. Couldn't get the puck out of the zone. Seemed to always be facing the wrong direction. Or just, it seemed like they're just standing there as the puck is just resting there for that split second. So something could happen for, in Chicago's favor, and that's pretty much what happened multiple times in this game. Um, really painful to see Doom to give up four goals, but I got to tell you, the defense in front of him was awful. And, it, it you know, again, shades of Adam Wilcox in the championship game versus Union for the Golden Gophers. Get the damn puck out of the zone. Get it out of the get it out of the crease. Just come on, please, because something's going to happen, and it did happen, and it happened, and happened, and happened, and happened. Uh, Christian Foling and Nate Prosser scratched in this one. Why was Foling scratched? And I love Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, I think he's the best coach in the league, pretty much. Foling versus Dumba. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I take my chances. Foline and Gustav Olsen, something like that. But uh, or again, have uh, Brodin and Olsen together. Who I think did very well together. Um, a couple of Swedish defensemen. There's nothing wrong with that, eh? Nothing wrong with that. And then put Foline with Scandella, I suppose, because you know, or split up, uh, split up the uh, great defensemen and go from there. <laughs> put uh, Brodin with with Studer again, like they were in the past. But I don't know. Um, whatever it was, whatever it is. Second guessing, frustration, same old crap. Those is the worm turning, a little bit, a little bit. But will it turn in the playoffs? I don't know. I, I really hope the Wild are ready for the Blackhawks come postseason. They've played the Blackhawks extremely well the whole season, so that's good. Um, and they, 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 what's good is when the Blackhawks have had their surges, the Wild have responded much better than they had in the past. I just, you know, it just it just reeks of like this is game six or something, and the Blackhawks are up three games to two, and then all this hard work, all this wonderful season is over, just like that, and and you got to start all over again, and you pray to God that's not where this is headed. Um, but it's hockey. I mean, how many teams have great seasons and they're out in the first round, out in the second round? Oh, they get to the conference final, but the season's over. I mean, you you finish first place in your division, you really want to win that damn cup, especially when it's been fifty years. You know, of of NHL hockey with the seven-year tribulation in between there when the North Stars left. Yeah, because I am including the North Stars and the Wild together here when I talk about 50 years ago when the North Stars first faced off with the St. Louis Blues in the National Hockey League and Philadelphia Flyers and Kings and Penguins and all those other guys and California Golden Seals who, yeah, well... 
kind of they're kind of like the Sharks now, you could say, because they kind of dissipated and became the Cleveland Browns, and dissip- or they moved to Cleveland and then dissipated into the uh, Cleveland Barons, pardon me, and dissipated into the Minnesota Wild and all that good stuff, and then and then that that California Cleveland team turned into the Sharks basically later on. It basically did when the North Stars kind of re re uh, split up basically and turned into the Sharks and all that because the Guns owned the. Cleveland team and then became North Stars and then became the Sharks and yeah it's complicated but it's but it's uh but it makes sense it's is what it is um the Blackhawks now own the advantage or actually it's a tie for the season series and the rubber match as they call it Sunday March the 12th will be a big one once again all four of these games in national television hopefully the Wild can win the season series but more importantly second round matchup divisional round as we like to call it the Wild can get the job done and move on to the conference finals, finally defeating the the bully, finally knocking the bully out, as Kevin Garnett once said, when the Boston Celtics beat the Lakers, because, of course, Kobe and the Lakers were the bully to the Timberwolves for a decade. That was no fun. Hopefully the Wild can knock the bully out and then take two more bullies out along the way, but this is the big one right here. The Twins never beat the Yankees in a playoff series. The frustration mounted forever for that Ron Gardenhire group, and here we are today, many years later, still waiting for that to... For, for that worm to turn, the wild need to turn the worm, need the worm to turn positively in the postseason because it's turning the Blackhawks' direction in the regular season. So, I don't know. I don't know. The worm has turned. That's the theme of this show. It it has. And luckily the season isn't over. Luckily we haven't even played our first playoff game yet. So, we'll see. The wild should be fine. We're, the, the odds of the wild winning the division is still very strong. Yes, this is a very long game review for only two uh game review segment for only two games, but this is a very emotional uh, couple games here, especially the second one. Um, I'm not panicking, but a little bit concerned, a little bit. Areas of concern, yes. Uh, the defenseman, somebody needs to be scratched, that type of thing. I would scratch Dumba. I mean, yes, you have your break and everything, but I think Dumba needs to be scratched. He needs to sit back down, unfortunately. Or or Olofsson needs to be scratched, but or sent back down to Iowa. I, I don't know, but he definitely took a turn in a negative direction in that Blackhawks game. Neither one of those guys belonged on the ice. On the ice, I would have liked my chances with the less exciting Foley and Prosser, to be quite honest, with the way those two guys performed. And as impressed as I've been with Olsen, well, maybe if he was with a better pairing, he would have been okay. Maybe you put him right back with Brodeen, and things wouldn't have been quite as negative. But um, Olsen's showing a couple of chinks in the armor early on here. So, we'll see. All right, Mike Madonna Award. For me, it's Mikhail Granlund with a bullet, even though you could have said, said Dubnik for how awesome he was in that Nashville game. But I don't know. I, I got to give it to Mikhail Granlund. He's just been ridiculous. Just unbelievable. 55 points on the year. Just wow. Um, he is a super duper candidate for the Mike Madonna of the Year Award. Pretty much him and Dubnik have it going away at this stage. Parisi's been very strong and he got rewarded. During the course of this week, very nice to see him get a goal there. Too bad he got nailed with the high stick uh, because the puck was too high. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah, you got it past Crawford, but it doesn't count. So <laughs> I wish, but it's like, you knew, yeah, they're not going to give him the goal there. Whatever. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but Mikhail Granlin on that power play, just unbelievable. And of course, you know, Koivu, he, he deserves a huge mention again. 600 career points, so... Congratulations to Mika Koivu. Mr. Consistency. Now, now anyway, he was inconsistent so much when he was younger, and he'd have those damn injuries, and it would derail his seasons. But he, the last couple of years, he's been so consistent, and it's been really nice. So, again, thank you, Mika Koivu. Keep it coming. And I'd love to see him be the recipient, the guy who receives the Stanley Cup 
as the captains do, and then starts passing it on to the Parisis and suitors and, and down the line. And, uh, man, awesome. i got to thank Grandland to be the next guy after the the captains receive that cup. But uh, uh, let's worry about that later. Or Dubnik, of course. Let's worry about that later. I shouldn't even be using those words, but I would love to see it happen. No kidding. The James Tipper Memorial, I'm going to go with Olsen and... Uh, Dumba for just an awful game against Chicago. Just lousy, out of position, not even facing the right direction. Just kind of slow, unaware, got fooled too many times by Jonathan Taves for my liking. And they really left uh, Dubnik out to dry in a lot of those cases. I mean, Dubnik can't do everything. Clear the frickin' puck out. I almost dropped an F-bomb. But uh, please, clear the frickin' puck out. So, there it is. We'll be back to talk some prospects, but of course we'll be previewing a a couple of games there. A good number of games. Opening things off with the Los Angeles Kings and, of course, the back-to-back L.A. Kings and Winnipeg Jets. Won't be surprised to see Jonathan Quick and Darcy Kemper in that in that one, but maybe the Wilds switch things up and have Dumba go against the uh, Dubnik. Excuse me, now I'm getting those names mixed up. God, Dubnik go against the Kings and Kemper against the Jets. Wouldn't blame them either way in that case. We are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. Let's talk about three games to preview here coming up as we finally come out of this doggone bye. At least we attempt to. <laughs> Minnesota Wild will take on the Los Angeles Kings February the 27th and the Winnipeg Jets 20, uh, February 28th. And then, of course, Columbus on Thursday. So we'll talk about that next, Thursday, March 2nd. Um, back-to-back situation here. Is it Kemper in L.A. or, or against L.A.? Excuse me, as we wrap up the massive homestand or Kemper in Winnipeg, Manitoba, all kind of uh, close by to each other, of course. Um, that's the question. If I don't know. That, that is a good question. Now, Kemper did have good history against the LA Kings for a while there, and it seemed to kind of fade away. It's, but he's always in the net against the Los Angeles Kings. That's kind of how he got his career going a few years back. when he uh, That was during the 13-14 season, and things started to turn around much to our delight, uh, before he brought in Bruce Goloff to help out Darcy Kemper in his inconsistent ways. <laughs> and, of course, Backstrom wasn't up for the challenge that year. Ah, uh, with the injuries and such. Winnipeg Jets, Dubnik, I don't know. It's like, it could go either way. Uh, but I'm guessing Winnipeg, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Kings game, you will see Darcy Kemper. That's my guess. But again, it could go either way when, with Bruce Boudreau. Um, apparently his thought process when you put in Kemper... Against the Blackhawks was let's get the points. Let's make sure we uh, let's make sure as best we can to get the points against. Uh, I, now I'm forgetting already who it was. Uh, I believe it was I can't remember now. <laughs> the Blackhawks in a couple of weeks ago. I'll come back to that in a second. I can't believe I'm already blanking about that. Ah man, I believe it was the Vancouver Canucks if I remember correctly. Vancouver Canucks. Let's make sure we get the dog on points. And the Wild did do that. All right, let's move on. Uh, the Wild have been moderately successful against the Kings. We're leading in the three-game series at this stage. The Minnesota Wild have uh, three points. The Kings have two because there was an overtime loss to the Los Angeles Kings, much to our chagrin, January the 7th. I remember that fairly well at this stage. Uh, you know, it's a decent team. Of course, Minnesota Wild crushed the LA Kings 6-3 to in kind of a messy game. Kerry Hemper was in net for that one, too. Messy game early off in the season, 6-3. to 
Nice to get all the goals. The Kings have been struggling, but of course, uh, Jonathan Quick has not been available since the beginning of the season with a groin situation. It's, uh, they say he's about two weeks away as of February the 22nd, uh, as of the, the recording here. Um, uh, and today's not February 22nd, a little bit after that, just saying. But uh, as of February 22nd, they're saying that. Uh, Marion Gabrick scored only a second goal of the season at this stage. Most recently, the 4-3 to loss. Remember that. Very frustrating. Jeff Carter's definitely had a wonderful season. Peter Budai, Budai has been all right. Peter Budai has been okay in that. In fact, he's been above okay. 2.12 goals against average save percentage, almost 92 and 7 shutouts. So, you know, that's the thing. The Kings, they're, they're still struggling scoring, even though they're getting pretty good goaltending, even without Jonathan Quick. It's just the thought of Jonathan Quick coming back, going into a possible uh, first versus eighth playoff series that the Kings scares just the living daylights out of me. And I can imagine a lot of the experts out there saying, don't be surprised if the Kings knock the Wild out in the first round. Wouldn't that be devastating? Because the Kings have been very capable of doing that. Though a lot of the main stars of this club, the main stars that aren't main stars right now, not doing so hot. Uh, Jeff Carter was a fairly recent acquisition. Again, 53 points, very strong season, 29 goals on the season. An outstanding player at this stage. 19 points ahead of the next <laughs> the next scorer there, Tanner Pearson with only 34. Drew Doughty has been a huge name in, in the past. He leads the club with 25, or no, he's second on the club with 25 assists, 33 points. Kopitar 27 assists to lead the way, but only 6 goals. Kind of like what Granlin would would be in the past. This is basically Granlin last year, I would say. Uh, now he's a 19-goal guy, Mikhail Granlin, which makes us all so freaking excited. Oh, boy. I mean, this is a very beatable club. you got Devin Setaguchi, only 12 points in 45 games. Just a meh. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll take Chris Stewart over Devin Setaguchi on that fourth line any day of the week. Uh, Setaguchi gets his share of hits and all that, but not that many. Not very, I don't know, he's just not a good player. Good for him that he was back in the NHL for a bit here. Uh, Gabrick, way done. I mean, this guy's damaged goods. You know, it, you know, just like Nicholas Backstrom, it gets to a point you've been hurt so many times. All of a sudden, it's just the engine seizes up and there ain't much there ain't much left to, to talk about here. And that's what's been going on with Gabrick. So many groin injuries and hip injuries and this and that over the course of his career. That's a lot of mobility going down the you-know-what, and 13 points in 38 games for Mary Ann, Mary Ann Gabrick at this stage. That's about what he is right now, and no, no, I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm just messing around. Um, Peter Budai has been a very good goalie, though, uh, during the course of the season. The Wild, luckily, did get three goals on the son of a biscuit last time around, so can't worry about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> We're capable of putting the puck in the net even against Corey Crawford. I mean, three goals against Corey Crawford ain't bad. It's better than two to one or three to one in favor of the Black Hawks or whatever you want to call them. Um, Kemper, you know, he got peppered last time around and we lost in overtime. It was less than four goals allowed because of the overtime period, but still a very quick goal by Tanner Pearson immediately in that overtime period. Just a breakdown defensively. Alec Martinez and Anze Kopitar setting up Tanner Pearson in that stage. I think the Wild can beat the Blackhawks, and I think they need to beat the Blackhawks. The one thing that's scary about this is coming out of the break, it's not good. Um, coming out of the break is not a good thing. Um, I'm going to come out in good faith, though, because the Wild have been great coming out of a loss, and it's a home game. I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, I've, uh, it's going to be kind of a 4-3 to three type of game, though. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think Kemper will be okay. You might want to get Dubnik in there just to get him rolling again, but... I don't know. Uh, I think the Wild put Kemper in there against LA. That's just my guess. And a 4-3 to victory may go to overtime or even the shootout. But the Wild will win 4-3. to The most likely guy to score against the Los Angeles Kings. 
Let's go with Eric Stahl. Let's keep Eric Stahl going. He'll get another point, in my humble opinion. I might as well pick Granlin the way he's going, and I do believe Granlin will keep his point streak, his new point streak moving here. It's not too big yet, but he's he's, he's adding him up again. Most likely guy to score against the Kings is Eric Stahl. <laughs> and I think the Wild went 4-3, believe it or not, in an extra period, in my humble opinion. As we wrap up the season series and win the season series on national television once again, Monday, February the 27th, let's wrap up the month of February the 28th. Of course, it's not a leap year because last year was the Winnipeg Jets. How about the Winnipeg Jets? Oh, goody. One of the Wild's arch rivals now because of, uh, you know, just because of location and all the fans come in the building. They're, eh, it's annoying. It's annoying, but it, but it's good too. It's, it's healthy. Just like all those damn Blackhawk fans screaming and yelling when... Mr. Uh, Jonathan Taves hit that empty netter from a mile away, literally from 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 Minneapolis. You know, he shot that puck from Minneapolis. Of course, you know, because even though the the net was in St. Paul, it was one of those type of deals. <sighs> you know, Winnipeg. You know, they're the opposite of what they used to be. You know, and the Kings have always been kind of a defensive team, at least lately, the last few years. More of a defensive team with uh, Jonathan Quick leading the way, and they're still kind of that, but their offense has really gone down the tubes. Winnipeg was kind of a defensive, physical type of club. Now they're goal scorers, and they give up goals. And that's why they're struggling. They've kind of lost their identity a bit. Minnesota Wild have had a wonderful success against this team for an extended period of time now. Uh, they struggled against Winnipeg about two years ago. But the last the last year and a half here, the Wild have been great. They lead the season series three games to zero, six points to zilch right now. Winnipeg hasn't even uh, accumulated a single point. Minnesota won 4-3 October 15th. November 23rd Wild win 3-1. Very good one right there with Devin Dubnik when he was in his, getting into the zone there and again another one. 4-2 victory and I do believe Devin Dubnik will be in that on the road in Winnipeg, Manitoba as we wrap up the uh, month of February. The Wild have already officially won the season series because the most points Winnipeg could possibly get are 4. I think the Wild, well I think the chances of the Wild winning are good. Not great, but good. Uh, you know, it, it, I've got a sneaky feeling they may not, may or may not win one of these two. But right now, I'll, I'll pick a, I'll pick a wild win in this one too. Believe it or not, back to back performance, lower scoring game. In my opinion, three to two victory for the Wild. This will not require an extra period, and the Wild will play up four games to zero. But again, don't be surprised if Winnipeg pulls this one off. Like this is their one out of five this season. And then we go into Thursday at that point and hope for the best there in Columbus, Ohio. That's not going to be an easy one as the road trip begins. The road trip, first road trip in a long time. Uh, Mark Sheffield leading the way. 62 points for Winnipeg. Patrick Lane, though, with 30 goals on the season. I would not be surprised to see him put one in the net at all because he always does. <laughs> Dustin Bufflin's been pretty good, too. The former Blackhawk. We've talked about him many times. We hate, his, we hate him with a passion, and he's a tough, defensive, physical son of a biscuit. Yeah, Brian Little's a solid player, too. Um, Winnipeg's definitely been emerging, though. Patrick Lane, again, nice, young, emerging talent in this league, and good for him. 54 total points on the season. I predict a Wilds victory. You know, we should be able to score goals in this club, but I'm going to pick 3-2. to two. Somehow I think the Clamps are going to be down a bit. 3-2 to two victory for the Wild. Uh, Zach Parisi will net another goal in this one, in my humble opinion. Most likely going to score against Winnipeg is Zach Parisi, in my humble opinion. I expect a physical type of game because it tends to get more physical when these two play. It'll be kind of like the Nashville game, one where we're kind of throwing bricks at the TV screen. You know, kind of like the Nashville, yeah, like the Nashville game. Physical, it'll be a little bit of a messy game. Hopefully nothing too crazy. We're getting hit in the cheek with a stick or anything. Let's try to avoid that happening. 
I uh, God, God willing, coming into that one. This one's not on national television. Oh my God, how dare they not put us on national television? But I, I am going to predict a win, believe it or not, with a different goal, a goalie in net, a little bit better defense, 3-2, to two, a little bit better net minding, I think. Though I do think Kemper will help the Wild win the game. Devin Dubnik will definitely be in net, though, in Columbus, Ohio, as we head to Thursday, March the 2nd. March the 2nd, as we head towards the... 11, uh, 11 year anniversary of Kirby Puckett's death here. The first week of March 2006. God God rest his soul. I miss him so much and I'm sure all of us do. Hopefully this wild club can harken back to the 91 Twins a bit. They, they kind of remind me of them. They don't remind me of the 87 Twins. That would be like the, the Kings a couple years ago when they were the 8th seed in 2012. That's the 87 Twins. Uh, this is much more like the uh, <laughs> the 91 Twins, kind of a different hero every night. Oh, Cam Atkinson, we know he's going to score against the Wild. Another another nice, strong player has emerged so nicely for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sam Gagne, a guy we wish was on that fourth line for this club, and he really helped the Blue Jackets this year. 34 points on the season. Not great numbers, but good. Good for, for considering a bottom six guy. Old Evil Otto is back. Evil Otto, Brandon Stott, the, the evil smirk he used to have with those Blackhawks. Evil Otto from, you know, the Berserk uh, arcade and Atari game and all that, the smiley face. Evil Otto, Brandon Stott is back. <laughs> Good trade for both clubs, though I think the Blackhawks won again, even though, well, you know, I don't know. It's a good trade for both clubs. Uh, Brandon Sod hasn't blown up that much. 41 points in 58 games, though. I'll still take it compared to, like, you know, <laughs> compared to nothing. Oh, that's for damn sure. But the Blackhawks also with nice players coming back in their direction. 14 goals for Gagne, though, in that bottom six role. Atkinson, 27 to lead the way. Nick Folingo, of course, a guy who was a huge factor last time around when the Minnesota Wild hosted the Columbus Blue Jackets on New Year's Eve. And kind of a devastating, sad game for us. 4-2 to victory for Columbus. They kind of coasted through us. The Wilds kind of kind of sort of came back in it. And then nothing to it after that. Um, Winnipeg has been struggling. Or excuse me, Columbus has been struggling a bit. Though in their last five, they've managed to kind of catch up a little bit. But two losses in their last five. Three and two record. They beat Detroit 2-1. to Of course, I'm checking into this one because it's more important than some of the others. Though they're, they're all important. I'm just kind of saying Columbus, you know, like... Yeah, they, they were a team that was neck and neck with the Wild in the past. In fact, they were ahead of everybody. Now they've lost recently to Nashville and the New York Rangers. They managed to get a 5-2 victory over Toronto and beat Pittsburgh 2-1. Pretty impressive wins there. But again, losses to the Rangers and Nashville, which is going to happen. Those are dangerous clubs. Um, and by the time we play, they will have played three other teams at that stage. New York Islanders, New York Rangers, and Montreal. Only the Islanders are uh, games that will be at home. And then, of course, against the Wild... March the 2nd. Ah, you know, I think I want to believe the Wild are going to get revenge, but is there a pretty good chance Columbus sweeps the Wild this year? They seem to get up for the good teams, and then, you know, and then, I, I don't know, even though the Rangers have been playing well too, believe it or not, the Rangers have knocked the Columbus Blue Jackets out of the division lead, if you can believe that. The Blue Jackets right now are the wild card, and that's only because that Metropolitan, the Metropolitan division is insane. Insane. Um... Islanders still fighting for that wild card, but you got Pittsburgh, you got, you know, you got Pittsburgh and Washington and the Rangers all just having awesome seasons as well, knocking Columbus out of the division lead for the moment. I got a feeling that Columbus is going to sweep the wild this year. Um, I think the wild go two and one this week. Now, uh, yeah, we're going to lose a game. And if we're going to lose a game, I think it's this one. Uh, Sergei Bavrovsky, just, 
you know, just a freaking stone wall. And even McElhinney is, is really good too. 2.13 goals against average. Three shutouts for Bobrovsky this year. So not dominant in the shutout department, but consistent and solid all season. Nine, <laughs> 92.5 in the save percentage all season. And McElhinney is nine, 92.4. So it's like either way, either goalie in the net will be very solid. Just a little bit higher goals against average for Curtis. McElhinney in, in, in that case. I do expect to see Sergei Bobrovsky against the Minnesota Wild. Cam Atkinson most likely got his score against the Wild. He made it look easy last time around. That son of a biscuit. Just a little bit of space. A little bit of freedom. He's a little bit like a he's like a better Jason Zucker in, in that sense. Just a little bit of freedom and he's going to put that thing in. Scares me. With that said though, most likely got his score Against the Columbus Blue Jackets, let's go with Jason Zucker, who's also been playing great all season. I could see a little breakaway, a little bit of excitement happening, and Jason Zucker will have a, will will get to the, the uh, get at least closer to the twenty goal mark, if if not reaching there, if if he hasn't scored <laughs> some more before this game at that stage against uh, Los Angeles or Winnipeg, but he will get at or near the twenty goal mark. During the course of this week, I predict a decent week for Jason Zucker. Devin Dubnik will be a net, and the freaking Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll win the game 3-2. to two. The Wild might squeak a point out of it. Maybe. I'm hoping, but I will pick a victory for the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-2 to two against the Minnesota Wild. And they'll kind of get back and maybe in that division lead, depending on how things go. Maybe they'll beat the Rangers on the road in Montreal. We'll see what happens with that one. It's hard to say. Montreal's doing very good in their division, though, um, as things continue ahead in a positive direction for those doggone Montreal Canadiens and those doggone Columbus Blue Jackets. 79 points on the year. A little bit of drop-off because Pittsburgh and the Rangers now are in the 80s. And, of course, Washington with 87. The Wild with 84. And those Blackhawks are catching up because the Wild haven't been able to play. Now we get the famous games in hand. Well, let's win those games in hand because if you lose them, they don't do you any good. It's a big, frat, big fat waste. So, is <laughs> what it is. Hard to believe Columbus has been knocked out of the... Uh, Division lead, though. Three points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins and only one point behind the Rangers. I don't know why they're putting the Rangers ahead, I suppose, because more wins. Interesting. But um, that's interesting how that works. Hmm. It is what it is, though. You uh, you puck experts, go ahead and tell me about that. So <laughs> The Wild will go 2-1 and one this week. It'll be okay. Solid win. Hoping for the best, though. Just can't wait for that rubber match. A little revenge against the Blackhawks. Hopefully we win the season series. This is coming down to the final game now to decide who wins the season series between the Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks as we head into the later stages of March. When we finally play the Carolina Hurricanes March 16th, I was like, when are we going to play Carolina? And then, of course, we play Washington on March 14th. That is a headliner. Chicago March 12th. So second week of March coming right up here. The next show, we'll, we will... Um, the next show we will preview San Jose Sharks. There it is. So you'll hear from Chris, my buddy Chris over there with uh, the uh, Pucknology podcast over there. He's a producer, but also one of the big hosts as well. 12-man operation, 12-people operation over there in, in San Jose, California. Pretty awesome. Uh, love that show. I <laughs> love the show, and I love... I love, really love being on it, and you'll probably see that show air. So do check it out. Pugnology should be popping up in about a week, in, a, in the next few days here when the Wild play the Sharks. You'll hear me commenting about the Wild and the Sharks on that one. That'll be very cool. Do take a look uh, for that one on iTunes or Stitcher out there. And, well, Double Twist as well. If it's on iTunes, it's on Double Twist. So it is what it is. Double Twist mirrors iTunes. And then Stitcher, It's you know you have to put that on there yourself uh, as a show host. So show host or, or 
producer or whichever you are. Me, I'm kind of all the above here. <laughs> it is what it is. So Sharks, Blues, and Tampa Bay Lightning will be previewed. And Florida. Wow, Florida. So we're going to have the Florida two-step there. Thursday and Friday, back-to-backs, March 9th and 10th. And then Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So two shows away, we'll talk about the Blackhawks and the Washington Capitals. Wow. And then the Carolina Hurricanes will finally play those guys. But wow. Within two days there, Chicago and Washington. Man, that is as big as it gets. Road games, massive, massive road trip coming up here. Five-game road trip as we head into the second week of March. Tampa, Florida, uh, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Yep, I wasn't using that as a one-one thing there. Chicago, Washington, and North Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll finally get to play those guys. I love the uniforms. I love their third jerseys. So awesome. So, okay, I'm talking too long now. Let's, let's, uh, let's get on to those prospects, shall we? Well, where do we begin here? Lots of pun, positive stuff to talk about. Uh, Of course, kind of semi-quiet weeks in the minor leagues and such, but we'll still talk about that. Let's talk about a nice article shared by Pavel Bonnet. Uh, Him and Merrick Skyba created a Facebook page called Minnesota Wild Players that I'm now a part of. I'm very happy to be part of that, an admin. Uh, Those guys created it. They are the kings of the page. They do a fantastic job. We talk about the prospects and, of course, you know, the wild in general. But lots of talk about the prospects and such. It's it's great to keep up with these guys. It's pretty cool when you know a lot of these players before they become NHL guys. Like some of us knew who Miko Koivu was well before he came to the wild because it's about three years in advance. So you get the idea. But really love it's uh, really love the page. MNW players, MNW players like Minnesota Wild players, an awesome Facebook page. Very happy to be a part of that. Do join that. Also, don't forget to join the Brave the Wild Facebook page. It is uh, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, and at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. All of this information will be in the show description, including the call-in line. We'll talk about that as we wrap the show up. So let's hop into the prospects, because that's that's lots of cool stuff. Uh, A TSN article was shared by Pavel on the Minnesota Wild Hardcore page as well out there. Um... I was able to share it on the page. I don't know. He was having trouble getting it on there for some reason. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's something with his uh, internet over there in uh, the Czech Republic. So the top 50. The top 50 uh, players not skating in the NHL at this stage. So literally like prospects. They are already drafted. See, that's the whole point. You Guys that have been drafted. Not somebody that's 16 years old and going to be number one overall for the you know, the Colorado Avalanche or something like that, you know, or whatever. Well, 16 or 18 years old, you get the idea. Guys that haven't been drafted yet and are looked on to be superstars in the future. Well, top 50, four of our guys made it. Four of our guys made the top 50, and Kirill Kaprizov, fifth overall. That is pretty damn good. Uh, Fifth overall, do you realize how good that is? you realize how, you know, these are some good players out there. Um, And... uh, it's extremely exciting to be able to say that. Uh, fifth round pick. The Wild haven't had a fifth round pick really do anything. Uh, Carson Soucy might be another one, maybe. Duluth, we'll talk about him a little bit. Uh, Duluth Bulldogs, not much of a point guy, more of a physical tough guy, but he does a good job for the Bulldogs, and I do believe he will be headed at least into the Wild's minor league systems. We'll be talking about <clears throat> both of them, a little bit, a little bit about the Quad City Mallards as well, the ECHL's finest Quad City Mallards. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. Uh, Yule Erickson Eck, Yule Erickson Eck, Yule Tide. Yes, Yule Tide. I'm sorry. Thirteenth um, overall in the top fifty, Luke Cunnan. Luke Cunnan, who we got reintroduced to yesterday. 
Yeah, he's on the other side right now. He's on the east side of the river wearing those stinking red jerseys that say Wisconsin on them. And the Badgers beat the freaking Gophers. Shearhorn only faced 15 shots and God gave up three goals. And of course, the uh, Wisconsin only giving up two off of the Gophers' powerful, just pepper job, 36 goal attempt, uh, 36 shot attempts on nets to stopped 34. Damn. Uh, very frustrating that the Wild were unable to get anywhere with this one. Um, it's like for some reason I'm forgetting the, the <laughs> I'm forgetting the goalie's name for Wisconsin. We could come back to that very shortly here as I bounce around. Yeah, because we're we're not really talking about the college players at the moment, but it's just that Luke Conan is 25th overall. You'd think he'd be higher, but well, then again, we're talking some really good players, and then of course Jordan Greenway, Boston University, the guy they refer to as the Beast and everything, have been continuing to pick up the statistics a bit. 47th overall, so he did make the top 50, but Kirill Kaprizov, 5th overall, a 5th round pick. Kirill Kaprizov, again, Carson Soucy's the only notable one at this stage, because so many others, you look in the Risebrow era, but and also in the Fletcher era. Now, of course, Risebrow, just about nobody after the first round made it to the NHL ever, and oftentimes the first round picks were busts. So, Doug Risebrow, the fact that he lasted 10 years, I couldn't tell you... Again, why the hell that guy lasted as long as he did? I mean, I mean, geez. I mean, could you please pick somebody that works out? And then Mr. Fletcher may have his seventh, his seventh, <laughs> uh, his third seventh round pick that might make it to the NHL, at least make it. Now, of course, Eric Hall is a very strong contributor to the Minnesota Wild. I'm a gigantic fan of his, and he's never been sent back down to the AHL since he was brought up a few years back, about three years now, already the 13-14 season, the year the Wild played Colorado and Chicago, one of the MVPs of that postseason. Um, and then, of course, Tyler Gravak, yeah, he's been a he's been a uh, <laughs> debated individual with the Bruce Brudrow camp of late. Uh, very getting frustrated with him. You're just seeing a guy that can score goals in the NHL on occasion when he, you know, just once in a blue moon. Generally, though, not really a factor out there. No assists all year. He had some nice passes at some points that weren't finished, unfortunately. And really, since then, you never really saw much action out of the guy. A little physical play here and there, but generally speaking, just kind of part of the scenery. And Tyler Gravelock sent back down to the AHL. We'll talk about that shortly, but the the Russian Rocket, some people call him. <laughs> Oh, Pavel called him the Russian rocket. There you go. <laughs> but then they come back, conversation about how he's not that fast. But uh, Dmitry Sokolov, the Dmitry Sokolov watch, the Sudbury Wolves, he added two goals last night, now 42 on the season. Outstanding without a doubt. He's in the 60s now in points. I had it up in front of me. Uh, he has just been, he's been outstanding for the Sudbury Wolves. Oh, the Ontario Hockey League. It's, it's fun how all the apps work the same and they all work nicely. The OHL app, the ECHL app, and the AHL app. You can keep up with all that. I'm not using that at the moment because it's better to have it in front of you on the screen. 63 total points, 53 games, Sudbury Wolves. Yeah, Dmitry Sokolov, one of the top goal scorers in the entire Ontario Hockey League for the Sudbury Wolves there. Over to her, the Russian Rocket. No, <laughs> some people call him. No, I, I forget what nickname they came up with down there. There's a little conversation down there. Where is it? Uh... It was in there. Where did he go? Where did the conversation go? I think that might have been on Wild Hardcore. Doggone it. I think he posted it twice, maybe. Oh, well. And, of course, this connection is not doing so well. So I kind of can relate to that as well. Um, That must have been on the other page. Doggone it. So we'll dig that up in a moment. The conversation there. Because uh, there's no fan interaction on Brave the Wild right now for some frustrating reason. Yeah, I wish people would post on there, too. would be nice that I could probably help out in that category as well as they attempted to uh 
to dig that up. We'll talk a little bit more about Luke Cunning and Carson and such. Looks really good against the Wild. Yeah, no surprise there. And Wisconsin, you know, the Wild, or the Gophers, I just called them the Wild. The Gophers, fourth overall in the country. Wisconsin, 19th, despite the fact their record's pretty strong. But I suppose the uh, the um, non-conference schedule early, on, early in the season, kind of bringing Wisconsin's rec- uh, ranking down a little bit. But they've been very good against the Gophers so far this year. They've now taken... Two out of three games against the Govers. Yeah, Barry. That's who I thought it was. Jack Barry for the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, stopped 36 shots yesterday. Govers very aggressive but could not get the job done, unfortunately. Good thing they have Casey Middlestead coming, though, next year. We'll see how things go. That'll be pretty fun. Hopefully he's not a one-and-done, though. That's what we're always afraid of. Um, other than that, though, uh, Mr. Alex Tuck sent, was sent back down to the AHL level again and generally speaking, he's been, you know, he, he was able to add two assists right away, so that's pretty good, I'd have to say. He's at 27 points on the season as we bounce into that. Kind of, I, I, I don't know, there's all kinds of interesting conversation here. Uh, Samana stuck at 20 points. Again, the, the AHL club, the Iowa Wild, of course, sputtering offensively, but good goaltending. And that's the good part, I suppose. But again, offensively, you're not seeing a whole lot going on. Adam Gilmore, I should mention, too. Adam Gilmore, a prospect that's been in the system for a couple of years. I do believe he was a teammate of Jordan Greenway. No, he was not. He was a teammate of Alex Tuck. Okay, so getting those guys mixed up, no surprise there, right? 15-16, <laughs> just last year, he was a member of Boston College, brought over to the Wild, a fourth overall pick in 2012, 98th overall for BC, Boston College. So far this season, in 49 games with the Iowa Wild, he only amassed 10 points. So struggling at the AHL level at this stage, and that's unfortunate. Um, he's a six foot three player, too. Six foot three, 193 pounds. So you think, yeah, well, you know, hopefully he'll be able to adjust to the AHL level, and he hasn't so far, unfortunately. So sent down to the Quad City Mallards. He's had two assists so far in only two games. So Picking up a little bit with the ECHL, Sam Warning and such, 41 points for them. Those are the two notables. So now we have two notable guys in the AHL. Sam Warning, mostly because of his stardom with the Gophers. He's, of course, an undrafted free agent type, but he is in the wild system. So that's good. We'll see what happens. He's in that system at the moment with the ECHL, but things can change rapidly. You never know with that. Um, He is leading the club in scoring. Adam Gilmore, of course, again, the wild property, 90th overall pick in 2012, struggling with Quad City. Unfortunately, now we get to the conversation here, if humanly possible. Just two comments, but it was just interesting. Um, he said, uh, "Yeah, as David Abraham said, I'd be careful calling him a rocket, though." Pavel wanted to call him a wanted to call him Falcon. That's what it was. That's what it was. I knew there was a different name in there. Pavel says, "I wanted to call him Falcon because his because his name, or at least a part of <laughs> so called, means Falcon." Oh, cool. That's cool. Yep, and they're saying he's not fast enough to be a rocket. Yep. But he is uh, a falcon. Okay, so the falcon, the Russian falcon, so-called, the Russian falcon, 41 and 42 just last night for the Sudbury Wolves. I was very pleased to see that he's had numerous hat-tricks this year. Sam Warning had a hat-trick for the Quad City Mellards as well a couple weeks back. That was when uh, Chance Kostik, my brother-in-law, introduced me to Pavel. He said, hey, you're really into the prospects, aren't you, Joey? I I should introduce you. He's probably, of course, listened to the show and how I do talk prospects as we wrap the show up. Every week, and God, I love talking about these guys. It's 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 so enjoyable. Um, but again, not a whole lot of talk. Not a whole lot to talk about regarding 
the AHL and such. It's more just the excitement with the prospects. And of course, again, the Russian Rocket. He's kind of the feature presentation. Uh, Avery Peterson of the Duluth Bulldogs. We'll, we'll get an article from Pavel. Remember last week we talked about Luke Cunning. What a good job that was. Lots of analytic, uh, good analytics. Uh, Bonnet has been busy and he's not been feeling well as well. So it's just starting to get better, I hope, for him. So unable to deliver the article this week. And again, that's totally understandable. That's how it goes. I mean, if you're not feeling good, you're not feeling good, and you should never have to feel pressure with that. And, you know, there's always so much information anyway, so I can keep up with things. Uh, I, I, I can go a different direction if need be. Um, but, yeah, uh, eventually we'll get an article about Avery Peterson. Very interesting story with those Duluth Bulldogs there over there. Yep. <laughs> Luke Cunning did get an assist last night in those three goals from Wisconsin. That's about it. Been kind of quiet. Jack Sadek never scores. He's just kind of a physical presence, but only a freshman with the Golden Gophers there, or sophomore actually, Nick Bolcott hardly ever scores for Michigan again, uh, Kaprizov's continuing to play strong over there in Russia, Tuck a couple assists, Luis Belpedio not playing this weekend, unfortunately at the moment with the Miami, Ohio over there, uh, but hurt, I suppose, um, missed the game last night, so that's unfortunate, the, the captain of Miami of Ohio's college club there, so hoping he is able to come back and be ready to rock and roll. Other than that, really, uh, again, not a whole lot of scoring going on from the prospects this week in the college system either, at least so far, you know, because I, I come in on, on Saturdays most of the time, and it's usually Friday night is one game in, so hopefully one of those guys at Duluth will pick, pick up the pace, even though I wouldn't mind seeing Duluth lose a couple of games. <laughs> oh, man. It was, yeah, so we'll just let that we'll just let that go as is at this point. Jordan Greenway did end an assist recently, though, last night for Boston University, the future Iowa Wild player at a bare minimum. I, I think he's with the Iowa Wild next year, most likely. A lot of people do see that, that physically he's adjusting nicely to the next level. The Canton, New York native, adding yet another assist to his repertoire over there. 27 points, 31 games for the beast, as we like to call him time and time again. So that should wrap things up. Let's get to the phone line conversation. The phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. And basically keep your comments one to two minutes, something like that. We'd love to hear from Pavel sometime. Yeah, but again, that's also, uh, you know, the, the other routes, because I don't think he's going to be able to call that number <laughs> without getting without getting ripped off, so, you know, spending too much money. Uh, but there's the Call Now button. That's how you can get in through Facebook Messenger, which is 100% free, and then there you go. So something like that, or the audio submission route. Uh, any of you can call in. Just call in sometime, uh, one to two minutes, and if you really have some good information, go. you can go up to three, even five at the tops, if you really have a lot of good information. Just don't go too crazy on me. Um, the call now button, which I just mentioned, and then there's the audio submission route. You use the free voice uh, recording applications on your smart device, whatever it is. Same rules, same rules, one to five minute range, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, everything will be in the show description, all this information. Thank you again. Please do tell your friends about this show. Would be greatly appreciated. Please write a positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. Again, we'd appreciate it so much, and we'll give you a huge shout out. And a thank you on air, a personal thank you to you out there. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for your loyalty. And welcome aboard those of you that have been joining on board from MNW players over there in Europe and locally as well. Thank you again. God bless. And we'll talk to you next week. 